Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. All right, John, come up here and ask your question. You can ask. So her. just to bring everybody up to speed, we're live at the 3D Dentist Retreat. Uh, Debo and I are sitting here in the living room having a great time, and we're going to start just a little open mic night. You know, just what the attendees are, I don't know how to do uh, all that. are thinking and doing and, and questions they may have. So we got John. Okay. Filipino John. Let's John, what's ask up, your question. What's up, my Pinoy brothers, sisters. But I, my question is, because you were talking a while ago about retail and saying how much we bend over backwards for our patients, but they won't do it for us like Best Buy does. Mm-hmm. They, they have their set hours. But then I'm thinking, how is Best Buy doing? The one that's actually taking over is like Amazon. But are they taking they over? Buy- Amazon's not even profitable. Well, that's what I'm thinking, but I, I don't know. That's why I, that was my question, and I didn't want to go online to ask it, but it, they're not doing as well as they were before. So I'm just thinking outside yeah. the box and just wanted to bring up the topic. Well, I think Best Buy is a great story, okay, because Wait, Best Buy was winning, right? was the winner. Ten years. Best Buy put Circuit City out of business, ultimately. Circuit City, when I was growing up in the 80s, Circuit City, Radio Shack. In 1988, Circuit City City was the number one uh, company in the S&P 500. Circuit City, Radio Shack were the place that you went and got electronics when I was growing up. Best Buy put them out of business, essentially. I'm sure there were other things involved in that. But Best Buy changed that model because they did things differently. They had commissionless salespeople. They sent out there and put a new message out there. And then Best Buy got complacent. And Amazon came in because they became disruptive and made it super easy. I mean, who doesn't get multiple Amazon boxes every day? Okay. Yeah, one outside, by the way. But Best Buy didn't crumble and cave. They decided we're going to reinvent ourselves and adjust. And Best Buy is not very different from dentistry. And, and, And give me a moment, if you don't mind, to explain this. Okay. When you walk into Best Buy today, there are multiple stores within stores. There is the household appliance section in Best Buy. There is the Samsung store in Best Buy. There is the Google store in Best Buy. There is the Verizon store in Best Buy. There is the Mac store in Best Buy. And I'm not even saying they sell those products. They literally carve out a section of it. Sections of their stores, a home theater dedicated to a single product. A single product. So, so to me, there's so much to be learned in dentistry from that. And that's kind of the model that I've tried to create 
in our practice. We have part of our practice carved out for sleep apnea. We have a sleep apnea store in our practice. We have part of our practice carved out for orthodontics. We have an orthodontics store, a clear liner store within our practice. We have part of our practice carved out for dental implants. We legitimately have a dental implant store in our practice. And, and I know a lot of people are listening and, and will say, well, I do all those services too. And my answer to that is going to be, I have a manager of each of those stores. Liz manages my sleep apnea store. Michelle was managing my ortho store. Whitney manages my implant store. That is what's most important to them because it's most important to me. Well, you know why that works? I think that we don't talk about enough either. We never we don't talk enough about bandwidth enough and how like the challenge with the doctor being the only leader and the only stuff that goes like what they care about is what we do is because they have a limited bandwidth. And so what I found is when I was the only one in charge of making sure we did a procedure, as soon as my focus shifted to something else, that dwindled. You know, when when I was the only one doing sleep and then I started doing implants, sleep fell off the wagon. And then when I was doing implants and went to something else, that fell off the wagon. And so I think the reason that that works so well is because those those people on our teams that are in charge of that stuff are devoted to being successful in that. And so when we move and pivot to something else, it doesn't falter like it did uh, prior to that. So while we're on this kick of retail store, John, are there any other follow-up questions you have to that? Well, I just, not to brown nose, but... But you should. Okay, I will. <laughs> the mic in front of Filipino me, nose. <laughs> um, okay, so these after hours in the retreat are awesome. They're cool. But, I, you know, we all get stuck in our office in the whirlwind. And I think my weakness, which I think is probably the same with most dentists, is just the business aspect. And that's my biggest takeaway is just getting to pick your mind and listen to you about it. Because mm-hmm. when you start talking about retail, that's definitely not how I think about it. And you know, you said a while ago when we were hanging out in the galley or whatever you call it. The galley. That, um, uh, about the resale consultant to help decorate the front of our office. And yeah. you kind of kept on going. But I was serious. I started thinking about it. I was like thinking about my office and how that would help out if, you know, we yeah. did that. So well, I was asking. But, but I appreciate but anyways. The, thank the you. So, thank you very you, much. You I appreciate us. that. And that, that to me, I think, is what I love doing. You know, I, my perfect world would be everybody else would be teaching and I'd just come over here at night and hang out and have fun yeah. and talk, you know, talk about what I like to do. Well, to be clear, we're trying to do that, but you I, keep showing up. <laughs> but, uh, but my ego keeps getting, <laughs> my, my fear gets in the way, not ego, my fear gets in the way. Um, but I don't think you need to hire somebody to do it. I can give you some. Bandwidth. See, so, but, but no, it's you not. You got to buy bandwidth. That, but, but let me be, let me, let me make a point on this one. Okay. Too often where where our first step is, oh, I need to hire somebody to make over everything. And I don't think we need makeovers. I think we need small wins. Okay? I think the easiest small win you can do from a retail store perspective is put signs on your wall to sell the things that your store sells. I So this is the crazy one. So I had a big eye-opener for me was... What shit you stole from me? No, that was not. This was my own. Um, so we are, you know, established practice. We've got, we do a, a good bit of dentistry and we had a lady come in who's been a patient for years and in hygiene, we get to talking and she goes, well, I just got back from a consult and I was like, what are you talking about? And she had gone to a consult down the road to another doctor to do, for eight veneers. Um, and I was like, oh, 
did you not consider that, you know, us possibly doing those veneers? And she goes, oh, I didn't know that you did cosmetic dentistry. And I was literally like. I could do it for you today. Baffled. <laughs> and I said, no, of course. Like, we'd love to do this. Like, we do this all the time. And she's like, I had no idea. So we ended up talking to her. And, um, and so we ended up doing eight veneers on her. Um, and then we ended up doing 10 veneers on her daughter um, just recently. And it was all because, and, and to me, it was one of the most eye-opening things that I told my team is, is we never even gave her the opportunity to say yes to the best. We never, we never even made it apparent that we could do this. We never asked her, are you happy? And because the challenge with her was she had straight teeth. She had what most of us would consider white teeth. But because of the whole COVID thing, being on Zoom calls, she hated the translucent. She she wanted like you know trim board white, opaque, and um, and we never even asked like, hey, Celeste, are you happy with your smile? And so it's been it it was such an eye opening moment to me of how important it is to let your patients uh, give them opportunity to tell you what they don't like about it and to let them know what what the services you even offer are. And I want to build on that. Why even wait? Why even depend your success on the capabilities or abilities of you or your team members to let people know? Why not set up a scenario where patients are subliminally told to ask you about your smile? Yeah, you know, and and again, back to the retail analogy. What does every retail store have on their front window? Signs. What does every retail store have all over their walls? They don't have broken deers unless you're in the Granger or what is the duck store or I, I don't know, Cabela's. Cabela's? Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops. They don't have animals on their walls. They don't have all these things. And, and I was just thinking about this as you were talking, Sully, about your team. How many team members do you have, Sully? Oh, we have 18 now. 18. Where and where could I walk through your office as a patient and see all 18 of your team members? And what would it take for me as a patient to meet all 18 of your team members? It's basically impossible. Basically impossible. But why shouldn't our patients know all the people on our team and who they are and what they stand for and a little bit about them when they walk through your office? And I was thinking about from us, Meredith, we don't have that. See, we've done you know, that. I think that's for one of the things we've done. Uh, we've taken your vertical... And we put our patients sign. on there, yeah. Are you putting your patient, your team members we on put, there? Sorry, we put our team members on there. So that's been you know something we've done to try to do. Because, well. and the reason I, I catch myself in saying that is because I have a belief, or I learned this from somebody else, that really stuck home with me. And it was that people are our number one product. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, how many of us in here have digital impressions? How many of us have Everyone? cone beam? How many of us have digital x-rays? How many of us have good customer service? How many of us take insurance? How many of us do some of the same dentistry that we all do? All the hands are still up just to give you an idea. Yeah. So, so ultimately, what is, what is different about any of our practices? The people. It's the culture. The, culture. the personalities. And we're not doing enough to market that. And by the way, for those of you that are actively doing social media, what I have seen over and over and over again is our most engaged posts on social media for our practices are the ones where we just put our team members on there and say, happy birthday, Jesse. Happy ninth anniversary, Megan. People are the number one product. 
and everything we do should be around the people. How, how, uh, how, I, I, because it's, it's, it's insane to me. What that, do you think about this, John? Uh, we forgot John's here. Someone was on top of a soapbox. I had to bring him down. For well, a I'm just thinking maybe I should give the seat so someone else can ask a question since I got my question answered. But yeah. I, I agree. I feel like that's my dilemma is that um, bandwidth is my issue. I don't, I don't have – I mean, because you even were, like, talking about um, funneling and looking at our numbers, and I even asked you, who's keeping track? Because I, I – I, I don't. I can't keep track of that, and then I. I feel guilty always asking someone in the office because I feel like everyone else doesn't have bandwidth in the office, also, and so I, all of it just comes back to me just trying to figure out what I want. And I'll give you an idea to how to keep track: um, hire an intern and make their one job is to track the shit you want to track. Do all that stuff. Pay them eight dollars an hour, ten dollars an hour, Dude, whatever. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm a hiring assistant to just walk around with me and write down my head on paper. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, no, I'm just gonna be like you know, we joke, by I the think way. I'll be, yeah. I think it'll be the most productive thing that my wife, I do. laughed one day yeah. a couple of years ago. How long goes it with that Mona hired a scribe? My wife hired a scribe. A scribe. That's what I need is a scribe. Uh, right. My wife hired a scribe for herself to literally follow her around the hospital and literally just write her notes as she's walking. I'm like, I'm like, that's ingenious. Yeah. Right. So we say we don't have the bandwidth or we're, we have a problem there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people that are in pre dental school or pre dentist whatever programs that would love to come to your office and work for ten bucks an hour, twelve bucks an hour, or whatever it is in California, maybe eighty dollars an hour. <laughs> okay, so anyway. you know, um, and literally they would keep track of all that stuff for you. Have you ever considered getting an assistant to even help you with outside the office? Yeah, we have that. You have that now. Yeah, but but but, but no, she's more than that. Let's let's be clear. She's much more than that. But I I don't family. Yeah, sh- sure. We have we have we have we have multiples. We we have but but we our situation is unique. Okay, I'm a practicing dentist. My wife's a practicing physician, and I have a second business, and she has a second business. Okay. So, so we really need yeah. that, okay? Now, so it's hard for me to tell everybody else to do that because I, I don't know people's life situations. But here's what I can tell you, that it's nothing wrong in asking for help and you don't, need, you don't necessarily need super smart people if you can just have people that can take direction from you and, and that can just do some basic things. You get some data and... Uh, so I would tell you, but, but he'll come back to your original question because I didn't, I didn't answer you nicely or properly. Who okay. keeps track of it? In the beginning, it's my job to get things off the ground. It's got to be important to me. Mm-hmm. If I abdicate, it doesn't get done. If I lead by example and show that it's important and then delegate, it's an honor for people to take it over. Okay, so I think in the beginning... Unfortunately, you got to put a little bit of the hard work in and get uncomfortable yourself, and you've got to track it. That's why I'm a big believer in whiteboards everywhere. Uh, who, who, ben, you've been to my office, correct? Yeah. Are there whiteboards everywhere? Everywhere. In the break room, in my office, in the sterilization room, in the lab room, there are whiteboards everywhere because I, I believe you've got to write it down, have a scoreboard, put it up there, and let people see it. Thanks, John. Yep. Thank you. That was a fantastic next question and action plan. 
Christy, you got thank you, John. You have a question, don't you? I can see you over there getting all excited. Oh I'm God! Get Somebody get the, the tra- someone get the Southern translator out. Sweetwater. Hello. Is that Sweetwater? Is that Sweetwater, Tennessee? Yes. Sweetwater. Yeah, from oh, the uh, yeah. sticking. I know. I'm familiar. Oh, no, it's not Sweetwater Brewery. It's a little bruising. That's in Atlanta. But yeah, both are good. All right, Christy, you guys talking to the mic, girl. So my question is, is when you talk and you were explaining things to me um, a couple weeks ago, you made things seem so black and white, like do this or this. So have you always been that way or have you ever had Black and white in which sense? Because right now I'm pretty dark. It's summertime. No, I mean, like, in the way you talk to people. I love a mic night. <laughs> you know, because I'm very gray. Yeah. I'm well, very... Uh, you look more redhead. Well, but. Let, let, let me... Um, I'll argue that I'm wishy-washy in a, most aspects of my life. But I'm not wishy-washy on things that are very important to me. For example, when I decide I want something, I want it. To me, it's... It's what I want. It's what we're going to do. And I made that decision in my practice that that's what I wanted. So things, diagnosis is black and white to me. Okay? Diagnosis is black and white. I don't think everybody lives there, though. I think a lot of people gray that out. That's one of the challenges. But, that, but I'm, I'm saying that's a problem. Right. I agree yeah, with you. Di- to me, the guiding, so I want to say this. The guiding principle for diagnosis is what would I do if that were my mouth? That's my, that is how I diagnose every patient. Simple, guiding principle. If I believe a filling is a good, like, if I believe a fill, I've had team members say to me, why'd you do a filling on that tooth? I said, that's what I would do on my own. And it's no longer a question. They say, why'd you do a crown on that tooth? Because that's what I would do if it was my tooth. You know, so my guiding principle is, what would I do if that were my mouth? And, and that's how I bring my, when, when we have associates and we're not calibrated, I say, number one, I want you to be clear. I don't want you to treat and plan the way I treat and plan necessarily. I want you to start with a guiding principle that what would you do if this were your tooth? How, and, do, you, how do you encourage somebody, though, who's maybe not used to having that kind of, uh, not gumption is not the right word, like initiative or like confidence in the, to be that black and white on things? Because I think that sometimes holds people back as they aren't, and so they, they kind of waffle in decisions. Yeah. And so, like, I do think that's something that when you, like, it's a gift. Because when you do make a decision, you go for it and you go 120%. And so, what is the advice there that you give to somebody who is trying to make that decision but living in that gray area? Well, I think first got to be firm in principle, flexible in procedure. you got to accommodate to the market that you're in and the scenario situation that you're in. And so, uh, I, I always go back to this. One of the most important decisions I made was establishing financial flexibility. And I did that before I, before I had money, before I earned any money. And I heard it from Larry Rosenthal, 1999 midwinter, 2000, sorry, 2000 midwinter in Chicago. I heard him this at a lecture. side note. How do people remember, like, you know, like, I feel like once you get over 40, you can, like, February, remember, 2000. like, random shit like this. Like, that'll no, be like, so-and-so back in 1982 No, no, no because... I'm like, what are you talking it's about? A, it's exactly right, Rick. It's landmark points. I mean, I got landmark points, but I don't remember, like, yeah. it varies 2017, T-Bone told me this. No, but uh, you will one day. 
Maybe you I will. Do. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's so, true. That's so true. B- because I heard him say, and I don't know if, if he said this exactly, but this is what I heard. I heard him say, when I was starting in practice, I kept $500 in my pocket, so I never felt like I needed anybody's yeah, to say yes. And so from that moment on, I try to keep $500 in my pocket so that I don't have to have anybody say yes to me. So essentially and what so I'm financial hearing, flexibility has been critically important for me. So what I'm hearing is that basically because by setting, by making yourself uh, financially flexible, it's allowed you to get yourself a little bit of, out of what we would call like survival mode to give you freedom to make more free decisions instead of the decisions that you think are guarded. And most people tend to do that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Some level, okay, okay. There's a lot I want to say about this. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to get some clarity. There's a lot I want to say about this, okay? This wasn't Christy's question. (laughs) It it wasn't Christy's question, but I do think it's the crux of Christy's question because I think what gives, I think ultimately what gives clarity is having some level of security that allows you to make decisions and be okay with failing. Okay. So there's a lot I want to unpack because it's a, it's a pet, a few pet peeves of mine that, that there's a lot, there's anyway, something that drives me a little bit crazy. Okay. But I want to back up before I get into that. Um, um, God, what was I going to say? Financial flexibility. Yeah, fi- fi- unpacking some stuff. Pet peeves. Yeah, I don't know. So, all right, let me get to the lot I have to say about this. Okay. Uh-oh. So. He's currently I, climbing on the soapbox here. Yeah, well, I got upset. I don't want to use names or complete locations, but you and I were at a class together recently uh, in a city, and somebody said to me, it's easy for you to say these things because you make money, your wife makes money, and you have 3D dentists. And I snapped back real quick. My wife didn't make any money until 2012, 2013. So for 13 years before that, I supported everything. And 
3D dentist didn't start until 2012 or 2013. And before that, I had nice things. And to me, again, back to back to being able to be black and white, being able to do these things is, oh, now I know, now I remember what I want to say. I just need to get that out there. Financial flexibility allows me to use a four-letter word that most of us forget, and that's risk, R-I-S-K. Uh-huh. Every time, every one of us that have bought a practice, what did you take? Risk. risk. Every one of us that started a practice, what do we take? When we had nothing to lose, correct? And then what happens is we make a little money along the way, and we get handcuffs on us. And then we forget to take risks. And I think... Look, I'll argue, my, Meredith, tell me if I'm correct. My wife will argue, my wife will tell you guys that I am the most conservative person ever when it comes to taking risks. And you guys think I'm not conservative at all. And, and it's because I made a decision later in my career than I should have, okay, that I was going to put away money every single month so that I never felt that I had to do something. And what I didn't realize at the time was the side benefit of that was I learned to live on less so that when it came time to take a risk, I had it. I had that ability. I had that nest egg. And it wasn't that I was rich. I just had enough to say, you know what? If this doesn't work, I can make it a year and I'll figure it out. I can survive a year. And, 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 and I hate bringing up COVID, but I didn't stress when COVID came about. I was like, all right, if this shit lasts a couple of years, I'll be all right. I'll outlast everybody else. And, and it's not because I've, I've managed to save money now. It's because I've had that habit. Now, how many of us save money every single month and pay ourselves first after we pay our bills? I think people say that they do it, but I don't think people necessarily well, do it. Well, what, what they do is they, they only save just enough for their retirement plan or their, their $5,000 IRA or their... Thirteen thousand dollar four hundred one k, right, right. But it's got to be more than that, especially when you're in a profession that earns pretty damn good income. And I'll argue, even if you're in a profession that doesn't earn a lot of income, you got to learn to live within your means. And to me, my means means my means means I have disposable income after I pay myself, and that means my financial flexibility fund. And over the years, and I, I, I did a podcast episode, I think, John, you were asking about it, correct? Um, where we talked about a personal savings plan. It was one of my first episodes I did. And at that time, I was talking about three months, six months, something like that. And now I'm thinking in years. Because as I make more or as I get lump sums of money from, you know, having good months or bad months, I don't say, hell, let's go spend it even though sometimes from the outside it looks like I do. But I've always paid something else first. And, and that allows me to be black and white to a certain degree. And yes, I was a little bit, I was, I've, I've been black and white within dentistry for a while, but I'm even more black and white now. Like black and white to not just a tooth needs this or this, but now I'm black and white to this is the dentistry I do or this is the dentistry I don't do. You know, and it is liberating to be able to say to somebody or to be able to say, you know what, our practice no longer does dentures. It's a liberating day for me to say I don't long have to do dentures because I don't like it. And something like Jock, who's here, one of our mentors, 
he would he would laugh at me. He's like, I love dentures, right? And and, and that's that's that. Did I answer your question pretty well there, Christy? Sort of. Sort of. All right. What did I not answer? Because I want to I want to get to it. Well, uh, the part where you're uh, black and white. And well, I told you I'm pretty black <laughs> okay. right now. So so I guess the biggest part of my question was mm. dealing with team members and different things. Mm. So you know, just being able to handle situations like that is either this way or this way. Yeah. So. I have some thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, can you give us a can, uh, can you give us a little? I know y'all have had a conversation about this, but can you give a little more context or maybe an example, a specific example? So we we had some it's situations come up, and um, you know, with the schedule and different things, and he said, you know, if if they scheduled somebody in this mm. spot, and oh, they scheduled some stuff in the wrong spot. Correct. Oh, and then. I'm supposed to go to them and tell them, okay, you schedule this here in the wrong spot. You have to go ahead and move it. Okay, you need to you create the you problem. It up, you, you need to fix it. the problem. Okay, so I th- I think number one that starts with lead by example. And that was one example. Ooh. I had you know it's and it's you know it's interesting. I don't remember which team member. They probably don't work for me anymore. But I can't remember which team member did this to me. But it was it was again. One of those. I don't want to say uh, landmark moments like Rick said, but it was an interesting moment. I remember I canceled some patients because I wanted to go speak somewhere. And I went to my team at the time and I said, hey, I'm going to be gone this day. Can you cancel these patients? She goes, I'll be happy to, but can you call them first? Because you're the one, you're the one canceling on them. And, and it was probably Megan. <laughs> no, it wasn't Megan. This was before, this, my, this was before her. And I didn't get mad. I was like, she's gotten right. Like, I should clean my own mess up, okay? And so sometimes when you lead by example, it's easy to do that. It's e- Sorry, let me back up. When you lead by example, it's easier to ask other people to do that because if I make a mistake, I'll own up to it. And then so when somebody else makes a mistake, I don't get mad. I use the example of Meredith doing the, the little evening thing all the time. I didn't get mad that one. I think one person showed up. Three people showed up. Her, her sister. <laughs> yeah, one of which was a sister and the other one was a mom. So I think, <laughs> I think that's a good example, though. I'm going to have to do that. You know, so lead by example, right? And, and so I think the first, the easiest way to ask other people to do it is to, they always talk about the, with sports stars. What do they say about Michael Jordan? First in the gym, last out of the gym. How can you argue when he yells at pay, players to work harder when he's the hardest working guy in the room. It's like with me. How can I get, and, and it, that's why I don't get as mad now, but how can I get mad at team members about being late if I'm late every day? So when I get mad, at, when I get upset with team members about being late, there is one thing they can't say is you're late. Because if I'm late, I'll not show up to morning meeting and punish myself. And I'll go to them and say, hey, I'm going to excuse myself from morning meeting today. I was late. You guys know the rules. It applies to me too. And so I think when you lead by example, it's much easier. And people respect you more for that. And, and so I would tell you that, uh, number one, I think number one, lead by example, okay? Because let's do the right things, okay? And then number two, it's your name on the door. 
Yeah, my, Meredith just said, I don't walk in and out of the front door of my office. That is for patients. That's for paying customers. I walk in and out of the back door. And I don't let team members walk in and out of the front door. Now, again, we can argue. It's whatever. Like, for example, Meredith, where do I park every day? Back row. What happens when somebody parks in the front row, a team member? They have to move it. Now, what if I parked in the front row and I asked you to move to the back row? You'd resent me for it, wouldn't you? You wouldn't, but, but, but you could understand how somebody would, right? So you lead by example. You know, we had one where, um, I'll never forget, it was, it was one of those cornerstone moments. Um, uh, landmark moments. Landmark moments, is that the word? Yeah, that's your dad's word. Cornerstone. <laughs> no. no wonder I... Um, yeah, we, last year sometime, you know, we had had a couple people late to morning huddle and, you know, I kept being like, look, this is important, yada, yada, yada. And one day Aubrey, who's, you know, our director of operations, mm-hmm. our main person, et cetera, she walked in at seven seventeen, and I literally looked at her and said, go home. And everybody's mouths just dropped that I was willing to send our most your lead team or essentially lead team member home um and you know she immediately just started crying it was kind of a hard moment and since that day no one is late everyone's early there there is not even a inkling of doubt you know just because sometimes you have to not in a negative way not in a mean way but you know hold people accountable even at the detriment of it was going to hurt us. I mean, we were going to have to move patients that day. I mean, she had a full schedule. Like it was, it was a challenge, but it was, it, it, it made waves that, you know, we still feel today. You know, I think some of this also comes back to one of the things that we'll do in the mastermind together is establishing a culture in your practice. And I think the number one tool and the best and easiest tool to establish culture in your practice is to make it mandatory for people to talk to you. And so we have talk. We just talk. Just just come and talk to me. Don't schedule it because scheduling doesn't work. Just come and show up. At least once a week, just stop by my office randomly and just sit there and talk five, ten minutes. Stay there for don't ask do I want to talk. Just stay there for five minutes. See what happens. I'll get my thought out of my head. Because most time people stop by and say, hey, do you want to talk? And I'm literally like we're in the middle of a thought. So no, now now's not the time, right? But I actually do want to talk to people. I just want to get in that mindset of talking to people. And so I think you have to establish a culture where you learn people's hot buttons, where you learn what drives them, what motivates them, what are they after, what are they trying to become, you know, what's, what's a struggle in their life, you know, what, what can you help them with? And when, when you get to know people and, and you really establish a rapport with people, I think they'll, they'll walk through walls for you. I think they'll go to battle with you. And um, I think it's part of the culture that you create. And that way when you can go to somebody. So my saying for me with, my, with my, some of my team members is I'll warn them. I say, I got to put boss pants on. Okay? I got to put my big boy pants on. Which, what, where, what does that mean, Meredith? I love you, bud. Which and it, it's my way of saying to them, I don't want to have to be doing this, but unfortunately, I've got to, because at some point, I've got to be the boss. 
Do you find it's easier to communicate with some <coughs> team members than others? Because I feel like I have that relationship 100%. with some of my team yeah. members, but 100%. not all of them. Yeah, 100%. I communicate best with the people that I communicate with regularly. And I, and I don't know if that's redundant or oxymoron, but literally the team members that talk to me regularly, I'll walk through walls for them. And um, the more I talk to people the better it becomes. You know, even to the point where the more I talk to them, the more I understand why they'll be what they are and be accepting of that. Because we need cooks in the kitchen, correct? Mm-hmm. We can't have all superstars. We can't all have chefs and shoe chefs. We got to have cooks in the kitchen. That's why we have me. We have Sully, the sous chef, and then me, the line cook. And who made the best omelets this morning? I mean, the... The trophy husband. Just to be clear, no one has said that it was the best omelet. They've said it's the most unique. That's, that's what it sounded like. The, the unique in the word best. Unique. Synonymous. Unique. They all ate it. It was great. Yeah, that's clear. Like people with eight feet of hair are, are unique. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. Just saying it's unique. Christy, I think you have lots of questions. I can see it in your head. What else oh, you I got do. for me? Keep asking them. Because um, nobody else is knocking the doors down because Kendra's got to come up here and ask a question next. Yes, you do, girl. She's got good questions. Yes, she does. She's just afraid right, go to ahead, ask Christy. Them. Okay, so... Did I answer that question well for you? Yes. Okay. Okay, so you, you've talked about... Um, we'll go back to putting the money back and saving. Okay. Okay, what about... Because um, some of the stuff that I've been listening to, because mm-hmm. I have listened to your podcast and I have listened to yours, now that you Which, started... I like that. My girl. A little bit of my girl. But I appreciate it. I got excited because she was like, oh, I listen to your podcast. Yes. And she's like, ooh, you're right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, um, one of the things that I have been listening to, um, they've talked about the Profit First Mm -hmm. book that's out. So, what are your thoughts on that? I'm not familiar with it. Can you give me some ideas of what it is about? So, um, basically, it's when you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here, bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, Mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course, it's a career-defining leap. Head to www3 3D-Dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, 
finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. Bring your money in. Um, you take so much profit off first, mm-hmm. um, and then you put so much money into an account to pay the bills, so much money into an account for your taxes, so much money in for your salary. Um, so it's it's all split up mm-hmm. so that it's it's almost yeah. kind of like a glorified um, Dave Ramsey. Sure. Maybe. So. So I, I would I, I can't disagree or agree with something I'm not familiar with. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so I would I would maybe flip something a little bit. Okay, uh, I got to pay my obligations first. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I got to pay my mortgage. I got to pay my people. So let me back up. Right now, my obligations are probably I'm going to pay my people first. Okay, I'm going to pay the bank second. Okay, and then I'm going to pay all the utilities third, and then I'm going to pay my salary as an associate myself. Okay, so I'm going to pay myself my associate salary. And then the next bill I'm going to pay is my Future Freedom Financial Flexibility Fund. And then I have disposed, then I have discretionary income at that point. And I would flip the, the last, second to last two there. The discretionary income? No, I just, I, I would, I think on some level we should pay our other stuff before we, we take our full paycheck. Your associate paycheck? No, the uh, your financial flexibility that that part that was that paid that paid after I paid all the bills. Okay. Yeah, I paid my I paid myself. I paid you know all my obligations and then financial flexibility and then I have discretionary income, and and so taxes. Okay, so that's one a, a pet peeve of mine. I don't like a big tax bill. Okay, but I also don't like giving it to the government in advance. So it's kind of. A little bit of both, right? Like, how many of us like giving the government whatever amount of taxes a year in advance? I do. I don't. I do. So, because I want to make my two three percent on that money as long as I can. I think I want to. I want to not have the money. Well, so, see, so I'm going to give you the best of both worlds in that. Set up a set up a bank account and put money into that every month. I don't want to see it. I want it gone. It, put it in another bank. Put it in a bank you don't no, look I'll at. Find it. I know where it is. <laughs> I'll look for uh, it. Let me be clear. Well, I, know where, like I know a, where all my, yes. I know where all my so, money is. To so, be clear. so no offense, Ellie. I don't need you going to jail. So you keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, no. Okay. I mean, like, I, I don't. I don't want the two percent return to, or with the little money that I can make to not have to worry. I mean, to me, it's I because I view it as like that's not my money. Like, it's I disagree. It's your money. It, it's going. You to don't them. owe it to them until April the fifteenth. Uh, no, you got to yeah. you got to pay your taxes. No, you no, owe no. your ta- you owe your tax returns by October. You own your you owe your money for taxes by April fifteenth. But no, that's no. that's neither here nor there. That's what uh, it's your money. It's your money, and I don't believe in giving it my money to anybody until it's absolutely due. But I do believe in not feeling like I owe people money. Okay. So that's why I'll put money away. Look, everything, everything with money though is, uh, look. One of the hard parts about money is that there, there's a, um, an emotional component and a non-emotional component, right? Like, the, like the, there's math that makes total sense in a bajillion different ways. Like, mm-hmm. let's take student paying down student debt, something we're both passionate about not doing. That's right? correct. Um, not early. Not I want I want to pay my obligations. Yeah, we want to pay. I for just it. don't want to pay. Yeah. I don't want to have a game that you don't pay it. Yeah. Uh, we're both passionate about that. You should not pay that out one day earlier than you need no. to. And uh, but for a lot of people, that's an emotional thing that they they do. So even though the math makes zero sense, uh, well, there's a component to it that. They well, do. I have zero issue with people that make a educated decision. I think people are making uneducated decisions. They're not weighing out. Or they've never thought about if I pay that bill early, 
at what expense is that costing me? Significant. Right. Or potential. Maybe they're like, you know what? I don't care. I know it's costing me this. Well, and it's because what if they do with them? I mean, if, if the option is pay it down the dad or go on a sweet spring break trip, you know. Sure. But okay. I would still not pay down the debt. But that's me. Christy, what, did I answer? I don't remember your question now that Sully got me off on a tangent. I was keeping this back on track. <laughs> so one other question is that you've told us to know our number. Mm-hmm. You've said that multiple times. You, which number day. are you talking about? When, when we're talking about um, making sure that we um, are blocking our schedules mm-hmm. and, and making sure that we have room for the, the procedures that we want to do mm-hmm. and that we're telling the team do not put anything yeah, in here okay. unless it's this. So exactly how do we come up? With that number, like what yeah. What exactly do you All mean right. and how do we come up with that Great. number? Great, so let me, maybe I think you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. So okay. let's, let's clarify that. What I'm saying is, back to that risk word, mm-hmm. okay? When somebody says to me, how can I block a schedule and say, don't put anything there? I can say, because I can live a year without that, okay? So I think one of the most important numbers that we can make to help get clarity is to figure out what does it really cost me to live, Okay, what do I really have to make? Okay, and then and then what do I make currently in that gap, that difference is my flexibility. Okay, so let's use some easy math. Let's say it costs you 10 grand a month to live. Okay, to meet your obligations, take care of your kids, nicely, you know, reasonably put food on the table, all of those things, okay? I don't want to use the word nicely, just reasonably, okay? Um, but yet you make $15,000 a month. So there's a $5,000 gap there, right? So I would tell you that you can leave up to $5,000 with the open time on your schedule to hold near and dear and to make a statement and send a message. Uh, so th- that's how I would look at that. So that's how much flexibility you have or that's how much risk we can take. Hey, I want to bring on a new associate or whatever it may be and it's going to cost me five grand a month to do it. Well, you can afford that indefinitely as long as you continue to make five grand, as long as you continue to make 15 and you spend 10, you've got a $5,000 a month cushion. So you can do that for six months to see if it works. So that's kind of what I mean by that. You got to know, you got to know what your discretionary income is. And then you got to be willing to put it at risk, which is essentially reinvesting it back into your practice. Okay. Does that, are you, are, does that kind of, does that put it into a better perspective? Yes. Okay. Was that was that a good answer to your question? Good. Okay. Anything else? Kendra. Kendra, come on up. Just make up something. Well, I'm going to make you. You don't want to ask them. You don't want to ask them on the open mic. Is the is the challenge? Kendra wants to know if our pool is heated, and the answer is no. Then she said, "Is the hot tub heated?" And I said, "Yes." And Sully said, "Not this weekend." Kendra, can I? Can we? Can we ask you some questions? You got to get up on the mic. Perfect, because there's no cameras. Yeah, that's good. Listen, if we were in my house, there'd be lots of cameras. Now you got to talk into the mic Welcome a little bit. Hello. Hey. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cameras at your house, huh? <laughs> Interesting. In my basement. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, gosh. In my studio. Kendra, so you have the uh, you got the opportunity of working for a, a great a great dentist, Doctor Todd, I do, um, and a good friend of ours, and a good friend of ours, and and it's it's fun seeing 
you know. Um, I, I think it's amazing that he sent two of his associates to our program, and I think it speaks wonders to him and to his open-mindedness of building people and not and having an abundance mentality. A hundred percent. So I'll let you keep going, Sully. Just because, um, you know, he loves to do implants and now have sent both his associates to learn how to do implants. Is to compete with himself, essentially. Basically, yeah. So, so He said it's making himself better. So. Yeah. It does. It pushes him a little bit. So that's the kind of the, where the question comes is, you know, you're now a couple of years into your career. Mm-hmm. You've, you've kind of gone down one path and now you're, you know, something that you self-described earlier as something that you never thought you would want to do or get into and here you are so talk a little bit about that journey and kind of why why now um I mean I guess yeah I mean I see a lot of kids in my practice or at their practice so I love it to be clear it is her practice because if she stops doing that they're not being it's like my own world over there so it's just I feel like it is they make me feel like it is so that's they're great that was your fault. It just fell. That's okay. Um, but anyways, I love seeing kids. I don't ever want to stop seeing kids. But, you know, there is, like, a burnt-out aspect of it. So, um, I don't know. And I just felt like it was time to learn something new. So, I also want to be able to restore implants and challenge myself in that way. So, that's kind of why I... How, how does it make you feel as an associate that your boss... Okay, is willing to help and invest in you and encourage you to do something like this. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Todd has ever said no, like to anything. Like he's very, like open to letting me or anybody on the team do whatever like we want to. Does it make you want to be there? Do I want to be there? No. Does it make you want to be at his office? To stay at his office? Oh yeah, like that's why. Like it's that's why people are always like, why don't you want to own? Like whatever. And it's like, well. I mean, I basically like do a now. Family there, yeah. you know, and I I feel like I I do in a sense because I have so much freedom with everything, but I don't have to deal with all the bullshit. Yeah, we love that, huh? <laughs> we need people like that, right, Sully? Yeah. We do. It's not all bullshit, but a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's mainly bullshit. What's it been like, kind of like sitting around and hearing a lot of the the stories and thoughts this weekend from people? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot to, like, soak in, and it, it is cool, like, seeing it from, like, most people here are owners, um, but, and I see that, and I, like, hear it, and then there's, like, a part of me is like, oh, that sounds really nice, but, again, like, I just go back to, like, I have it so good with Todd and Tara, and I don't know, like, there's just so many, like, benefits, and they treat me really well, so. A couple questions about the course this weekend. So, now that you've been through... Um, you know, two days of the course, you've got to see kind of that ex- a lot of the extraction and grafting lecture. We did some hands-on stuff, and now even the implant part. Where do you foresee some of the the biggest challenges being for you? Um. Well, I think one of the biggest challenges for me is going to like even get patients. I guess because I don't see as many a- adults, so I think that's like the one thing that's like reeling in my brain is how I take it back and I mean kids are missing teeth too get productive yes they are <laughs> but um not that they need implants yeah so that and then um I think just like making sure I like go back and implement it because I don't like it's so easy to be confident while you're here and be like oh I totally get this but then if you don't have one for 
a month, it's just you kind of forget. So I love that that's what, like to me, that's a a wise challenge on some level to figure out. Okay, well, what does this look like? What's the action plan, right? Like, how do I go back and and start to figure it out and work through those things? And I'm sure y'all will work through. We'll how are you getting your five that. patients that you have to bring next? Next, well, let me. I want to be clear for people listening to the podcast. In our live patient program, we provide patients for you, but we ask you to bring. We ask you to pre-schedule five patients when you get back to your office for you to do and to bring their data with you so that we can help you plan and make the guides for them. How am I going to get those? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll just look for anybody who's missing teeth, I guess, and okay. just scan them. And then even if they don't do them, okay, I'll still learn from it. Okay. But we want you to schedule those five, okay? Yeah. I have a list running. If we need to make a couple office, calls to a um, certain person to help you with cases, I'm sure we can make it happen. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I, so So you made, you said to me, you said something, not to me, you said something important. You said you want to make sure you implement. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that, the most important step you can do in implementation is getting those five patients, even if they're free or even if they're at quote unquote cost, because there are so many things that'll happen from that. First and foremost, you'll gain confidence. Okay. It'll be the most fresh it's going to be in your mind. Okay. So that's why we're adamant about two hours a day for the first four or five days that you get back to do these cases one a day. Okay. Because you'll be confident. Number two, your team will be confident. And I think your team needs that more than maybe most. And I say that because I've heard of, I've heard a recurring theme from you that you see mostly kids. Mm-hmm. Okay? So your, your team needs to see and believe that you can do adult dentistry. Right? So I think the other side benefit of that is going to be that they're going to see that you're not just a kid dentist. That you're more than that. Right. And maybe you see, I don't know if you only see kids or whatever I mean, it may my, be. like, restorative chairs is, like, at least 50% adults, so okay. we do, but I just, and I do some extractions, but. But in I the practice, I bet yeah. you you're thought of as the pediatric dentist, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or one of, you know, or somebody that, hey, the kids would love, would love to see you, correct? So, uh, so I think, I think it's important for your team to see that. And I think what it does is it's going to create five raving fans for you. Not just for Spring Hill Family Dentistry, but for you within that. And one of my messages for associates, and and Sully, I think this is how we can build the associate mastermind, is how do you become a sought-after expert as an associate? And I believe associates are in business too. Well, as much as you say you don't deal with the bullshit, you deal with a different bullshit. Mm -hmm. Okay? And you are your business, so your clinical skill set, your communication skills, your ability to attract patients to within your biz- within your the, the place where you work is important. Mm-hmm. And I think to get five raving fans to talk about you as their implant dentist, I think it's important. I'm going to get them. I know I well I know you're <laughs> going to get them because you're going to get them, right? But I I want you, I want to put in perspective why it's important. Because I think a lot, I think a lot of times people are like, well, it's no skin off his back if I don't have my five patients, and I'm going to argue it is skin off my back because I want you to be successful, and I know the winning formula is you have your five patients when you go back and you do them week one, and it falls in place. It just does every single time. The people that haven't been as implementation successful 
didn't place the five implants yeah, it's, week one. It's, it's fascinating how directly correlated that is. I mean, it's 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 directly correlated. So uh, to everybody in here, get your five patients. If you got to give them away for free, no excuses. Get and your five patients because uh, it, it is the number one predictor of success. Week one, not week two. Week one. That means, and I know you have all these things, okay? Because I know where you work, okay? I stalk you. I'm just, just kidding. Um, I'm totally kidding about that. Um, oh, we did see your picture before because Meredith sent it to us, but that was it. <laughs> I got everybody's. Anyway, anyway. Um, so that means the to email. be. <laughs> You're, you right. stalk everybody. You so, Google everybody's names. So to be successful to me, it's pretty, it, I don't want to say simple, but the thought process is simple. Number one, you've got to decide how much you're going to charge and be committed to charging less if that's what it takes. Okay. Number one. Okay. Number two, you got to go ahead and put the time on your schedule and say, you're going to, I'm going to tell you what you got to say. You're going to have to say, these are my two hours to do my five implants. That's what goes here or nothing else. Okay? And that comes that's money out of your pocket, correct? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't produce and, and or collect, you don't make, correct? So I think it sends a message that it's important to you. Number three is you've got to have the infrastructure. And you have that, okay? But the infrastructure to everybody else is you got to have the kits. You got to have the implants. You got to have those things. So if you intend to win... You can't say, okay, I'm going to buy all that at the end of the class because then it's not one week later. It's not the next week. It's beyond that. Let's win, okay? So you got to have the infrastructure. Now, whether you go whole hog and go all in, it's up to you. But at a minimum, you got to have some drills and you got, you got to have some screws, right? That's what you got to have to place your first five implants. And, and so to me, and then, and something I haven't talked to you guys about that I, that I want to make mention to is I think you should bring an assistant next time you come for that live patient weekend, because then you go back and your team knows how to do this as well. I didn't know we were allowed to. Yeah, I think yep. we well, have to talk to Meredith, but I think it's a, we had a few people do it last time. Yeah, we're, 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 uh, we're all about it. We think it's a good So if you want to bring a team member, just talk to Meredith. You can bring one. Okay. You can't bring multiples. <laughs> just bring one. And preferably be there, actually an assistant. We've had some people bring not actual assistants. <laughs> so, <laughs> so preferably be there, actually assistant. Because then your team will go back and be ready to fire an all cylinders. Now, for you, it may not be as big of a deal because Todd has you assistants that are Cassie doing it. Got, yep. Jordan, from the last time, has assistants that are doing it. So Mine it may not be them. as critical. What was that? Mine have it. Yeah, yeah. They can. so it might not, but we want we want to encourage you to do it absolutely okay so um yeah I think I think those are the steps to be to be successful and it's predictive you go back and do five cases that first week you will hit the ground jogging thank not you. running but jogging thank you Kendra thank you that's it that's it from Kendra good job Kendra all right who's next. Jake, All right. Jake we, you can't get away from this. As we round out open mic night. Jake, come on got, in. We got it. Jake, I know you got Our questions. Last. Because it's always the quiet ones that have lots of no, questions. Pa- Patrick hasn't spoken either back there. Yeah, He's Patrick's quiet. on suburban and taking it all in. I hope it's not my Pappy Van Winkle. Ooh, where's that at? 
I'm hiding that. <laughs> you got talking in the mic, my friend. All right, can you hear me there? Yeah, perfect. Right, so I've been Jake helping. Long, Wilmington, North Carolina. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the weekend, guys. It's been well, fun. thanks for paying us. We appreciate that. No, it was, uh, it's, <laughs> it's well worth the money. So for anybody listening that's interested in this, definitely do the retreat. It's oh, the retreat is amazing. Soli is a, a very good cook. What? I, I the omelet was that. awesome. Oh, wait. Did, did anybody mention the, the pancakes? The pancakes the grandma's, were great. What did you say? Grandma's pancakes? Oh, didn't yeah. you? Kendra, you redeemed yourself. Yeah, grandma's pancakes. So it's definitely well worth I remember it. that. I, yeah, welcome to my life, too. Listen, let me tell you something. Uh, Jake, I want you to hold your thought, okay? Yeah. So, Kendra, here's what I will tell you. It's the people I make fun of and that I pick on a little bit of the ones I really like, okay? Oh, great. Then I must be in. You must be in good graces, Sully. All right, Jake, go ahead. All right, so I've been out for the last few minutes with mm-hmm. the kids in bed. So if anybody's hit this, just That's okay. I'll listen to the podcast tomorrow. No, um, it won't be tomorrow. <laughs> It'll take me months to get it out. Okay, I'll listen to it whenever. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier when we were right after the course talking about don't um, invest in marketing mm-hmm. until you're getting your current patients to say yes to this. So the patient base, I've got a fantastic mm-hmm. patient base, but we're definitely more of a – conservative practice i've slowly kind of mm-hmm. turned that over the last little bit is so people that aren't aren't really used to saying yes to a lot of treatment how do i now get them to say yes yeah. to even a bigger treatment so, uh, so it's a great question okay so um i want to clarify one thing and then i want to answer your question okay i'm not saying you shouldn't market i'm saying it shouldn't be your first inkling okay uh so that that's the, that part of it okay now you may end up needing to market, okay? And you probably will. But what I will say is, even if your patients are saying no, I think you should go through the reps and the steps, okay? Because it's more for your team. You know, like, there's some things I want to say, but I probably PR-wise shouldn't say it, so I'm not going to, okay? Not about you, it's about... Some thoughts. I think anyway. I'll to say be clear, it, you're not in charge of PR, just HR. Yeah. So, so that's so I should I should say it. I should, you say, should it. say it. So PR, you know who I PR think. Of, you know who I think of the best salesmen ever, the Mormons. Okay, because for two years they go out and have doors slammed in their face. For you to say no to them is like literally like shit. I did that for two years. No big deal. That's a good example, actually. Right. So so I think you should put your team in that in that position and tell them they're going to be have no to. Yeah. And what happens? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> that, that, that's how I'm. <laughs> okay, so I shouldn't. Okay, so um, <laughs> you're hired, but to, so before you, you go months. marketing, I <laughs> think even even if you're 100 percent correct that you're in a place, you're in a position where the vast majority, if not all, your patients will say no to this. Okay, let's just pretend. Okay, I think it's an important exercise. To go through the buy, to go through the patient buying process, for your team to go through that, so that when you do spend the money on marketing, it's money well spent, okay. versus versus spending money and then testing your processes on people you've paid to come in. I'd rather have well, you start on the patients you got in the practice, and you might be surprised at what your patients right. are I mean, capable at, of. At the end of the day, not you're going to have some level of of yeses, right? You yeah. you swing the bat enough. You're going to finally hit it. Yep. You may have to disclose your eyes and swing, but you'll hit something at some point. Now, the second thing is, is when do we learn the most? When we succeed or when we fail? 
definitely when we fail. When we fail. So to me, the all those reps that he's talking about are really what have defined um, when I feel like I'm the most successful communicator. You know, I, I remember when I first started doing implants like that, I would literally walk out of a consult and be like, they're not going to sign up. You know, <laughs> I totally screwed that and one I really up. Really botched that, right? But then there were days where I walked out and was like, well, there is no, like, nailed it. You know, and those, and so then the conversations would be, okay, going back with my treatment coordinator, going back with my hygiene, go back with assistant, saying, okay, what did we do well there? What could we have done better there? You know, yeah. where did we, where did I lose them? Getting and your, they were getting like, coaching from your team. They members. were like, well, you just, you had them. And then you started talking about, the epithelial lining and the torque ratio that you were going to be putting this thing in and you lost them. So it was like, you would just shut up. They didn't say you lost them at this. No finger guns (laughs) is usually when I win them over. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I give them the finger guns and I say, you ready to rock and roll. I am Sully. (laughs) Hey, finger guns haven't let me down yet. So (laughs) I hope so. Jake, was that a good answer to the first question you have? Yeah, that's very good. That's All right, what, what other questions you got? Um, so, the second practice. Okay. The new practice. The new practice. That's what I'm trying to tailor more towards, mm-hmm. implants. How do I get those patients in the door? In the door? In the door. So, so that is new. That's, more, that's, that's new. marketing. Okay. okay. So, again, I'm going to come back to, let's get your, pro- let's get your, I don't know if you share team between the offices. Do you one, sh- one assistant. One assistant, okay. So I'd make sure that one assistant is doing some of the practicing at the other office. And probably coming with you to the second weekend. Yeah, and hopefully so coming here. Yeah. And then um and then in the second in the in the second office, then I would say, All right, so let me back up for a second. All right. It's a great question. So I wanted to think about this for a second. Okay. Do I have an answer then? Oh, go ahead. So my answer to this would be okay, I think you know, you got to pour into more of the what works. So when I say that to me, it's as you create, uh, as you find patients that need implants and that are successful, you have to start building these raving fans, right? Because what's interesting is how people without teeth tend to hang out with people that are also missing teeth. And so really, really where <laughs> there's we a see, missing tooth society. A, out there. It is. It's weird. You guys aren't in that those Facebook. Are, how about this? I bet you stuff. money. I'm going to search on Facebook, <laughs> missing tooth society. And there's going to be, a group I'm telling you. And so to me, it, it was amazing. Like when I, when we started, once we got a couple patients going, we just kept pouring back into those people of, Hey, I'm glad you enjoy this. If you would, if you would sell, if you would send your friends, if you have people that are missing teeth or needed implants, we'd love to help them out. And it was amazing, like how that the interoperal nature of that is yeah. really what's perpetuated the most implant cases in, that we do, um, you know. Versus that, the second one I'll say is that we tend to focus on the implants, uh, and I got to give my dad credit on this. You know, when when we, we what really has accelerated our implant placement is not focusing on the implant, but it's focusing on the extractions and graft. So. We do everything we can that every tooth we have to take out, we're going to try to convince them to to do the graft. Because if I know that they can commit, if they commit to the graft, then there's a good chance that I can down the road get them to commit to the implant. So, so much of our focus starts at the extraction uh, process that when we have a patient who comes in, we take the comb beam. And at, at this point now, I know that we can't restore this tooth. Everything I do in that conversation is now directed towards getting them the tooth back. We never really have a conversation 
of what life would look like without the tooth. So it's not that I don't it's not that I don't present that as an option, but we really focus things through the lens of, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the tooth out. We're going to rebuild the site. In a couple months, we'll get you, we'll put the dental implant in, and then by, by six to eight months, you're going to have a tooth back. So that everything we do is focused back around getting, taking them from where they're at to where they're going. Because if they, if they get to the point where they can go without the tooth, it's hard to reel those patients back in. Because if you've been missing the tooth for five years, do you need the tooth? Most people are kind of cool with it, right? Like, and so to me, it's, it's the, the number one, the most implants that we place come from sites that we extracted and grafted. So focusing your attention on getting people to say yes to the graft and yes to the socket preservation and taking that first step will, will six months down the road perpetuate you doing more and more implant cases. That was back in the 80s, Rick. I mean, CDs. CD. That and 8-tracks. I still present it as a one-hole package, um, for sure. Now, a lot of times, though, if, if, if it's not... So, I always present yes to the best, right? So, I always want to present the whole package. But a lot of times, what will happen is financially or mentally, people aren't ready to commit to that. So, that's what I'm going to scale back and say, you know what? Here's what I'd love for us to do. I know that you don't think you want a tooth back. I know that you maybe can't afford the implant right now. But here's what I'd really like to do. Let's go ahead and try to make the graft work today. Because if we do it today, then we're going to give you the option down the road to be able to do that. It's also you're going to heal faster. We're going to lessen the opportunity for dry sockets and some of the negative things you may have heard of. And if, we, if you decide down the road and we don't do it today, there's a good chance that we're going to have to have to do some additional grafting, additional surgeries to get you the implant. And so typically doing that will get them to that point where they'll say yes to the graft. And so those people I'm boiling slowly. You know, I'm slow playing them to some level to to keep them in the in the cycle, so that hopefully I can get them in four months to say, "Hey, well, we already you already committed to the graft. You already you're halfway home. Like, let's go." So, a couple of comments. Uh, first, a side comment: uh, there is a group on Facebook called Dental Implants and Denture Support Group with <laughs> 7,500 members. I told you. Okay, so I just. Yes, the E-Day. Your extraction date. <laughs> e- that's what they call it. They call it the E-Day. So I just joined the group, okay? So um, people with missing teeth hang out together. So we, those of you that laughed at us, we are absolutely correct. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, so I'm going to go join that too, okay? So back to the serious question here, okay? So I think this will apply to everybody and certainly you in your case, okay? It's a gene- relatively generic answer, but it's one I want you to leverage and I want everybody else to leverage. If you want to do more implants, give people a discount and exchange for a video testimonial, okay? Say, call it an education courtesy, okay? I'm going to document the case for education purposes, okay? To write an article, whatever it is, okay? And then say, in exchange for that, just know it's going to take us a little bit longer because it's going to take you longer anyway, correct? Mm-hmm. Because correct. I'm documenting the case for, you know, for education, for teaching purposes. Okay, so teaching case courtesy. And then in exchange for that, ask for a video testimonial and that will beget more patience because now you have material to go marketing onto social media, to go you know, letting people know you do this. So part of your challenge and everybody else's challenge 
is you got to let people know you do this service because they've never thought of you as this service provider, correct? So the easiest way to do that is to get those five cases. Maybe you do them for next to nothing in exchange. They always got, there always has to be some exchange in kind in my world. Okay. So if I give you a discount or if I give you something, what I would love for you to do is give an honest testimony. You don't have to give me a positive one. It's just got to be an honest one back. And then you'll have five videos and, and you saw what you saw, who did a testimonial with Michelle this weekend. Okay, what did she? What what did it entail? Did it have any fancy setup? It was a phone, a little sixty dollar light, and a little uh, microphone that plugs into a phone, and that's all you need. Okay, and get those video testimonials, and uh, and now you've got five marketing cases that you can use for a long time uh, to help spread the word and the message uh, out there, and. So in the beginning, when I used to want to do cosmetic cases and I just needed reps, I needed at bats, I would discount them. I would market them out. I'd go to, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'd do whatever it took to do the cases. You know, I made it a goal. I want to do one case a month so I can get good. So, you know, my, my ideal scenario is I got paid for it. My next scenario was I at least covered my cost. My worst case scenario, shit, I'm paying for it and I'm going to call it CE. Because that's <laughs> yeah, what it is, right? And so, so that was worst case scenario. So I committed to doing one case every month. And there were months where I called the, the, the abuse shelter and said, Hey, I'm willing to do a smile this month because I got to get one under my belt, another one under my belt. And so, so when you, when you want to win and you're committed and all of those things, put it out there. Okay. And, and be committed to say, you know what, I'm going to invest up to this dollar amount of my own money every month. If I have to, to do more of these. And then it'll, it'll be that snowball. It'll be that snow, slow little snowflake that starts down the mountain. I may, I, I've never been to these snowflake places, but that turns into something much bigger down the road. All right. Was that a good answer for you, Jake? That was a perfect answer. I mean, that was awesome. I like that. Any other questions? Please have some. No, just make up one. Thanks, well, we, Jake. We could go all night, man. You guys have been awesome, man. Thank you so much. I, I asked probably four or five last night, too. Oh, good. I'm sure I dreamed I asked a question last night, too. All right. No problem. All night long. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Anything else? That's it, Patrick. Ooh, deep questions for himself. Well, hey, this has been fun. Um, we do want everyone to know, like, this is part of what I think makes the retreat special. The uh, whether it's the dental implant continuum, it's the mastermind, it's our new boot camp. Hey, T Bone, tell us about uh, boot camp and what we're starting. Yeah, next year. so. Uh, I think you should ask me some questions about boot camp, but what let me tell you what camp? boot camp is. Okay. Huh. It's a unadvertised, can't find it on the website program. No, it's on the website. Oh, it's on the website. Perfect. Wow, <laughs> Thank you, you really Mary. Watch that one. <laughs> you should come. We even got two dates now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So uh, the boot camp is a two day program focused on what I call the patient buying process. Okay, which is about diagnosis. Yes, to ask you know, learning to uh, diagnose and give your patients a chance to say yes to the best. Words and the talk that we say to our patients to help them say yes more often, and to make good choices for themselves that are right for them. Having a financial arrangement model that makes it easier for patients to afford the dentistry you want them to do and 
building a schedule to help prioritize more of the dentistry that you want to do. So it is a combination of treatment planning, case communication skills, and a little bit of business when it comes to affordability and scheduling, all in a two-day program. It is a slightly hands-on program, uh, some, some small amount of lecture, and then role-playing. And that's what it's going to be. And we, uh, the, the tuition includes, and Meredith, correct me if I'm wrong, but the tuition includes the dentist, one business team member, one hygiene team member, one clinical assisting team member, and the doctors stay at the retreat, and the team members will stay at the hotel down the street. And it'll be a phenomenal weekend. It's phenomenal two days. I don't know if it's a weekend or not. I hope it's Thursday, Friday. <laughs> but it'll be a phenomenal two days, and it's limited to 10 offices at a time, so 40 people. And uh, it'll be great. Uh, it'll have a few of my team members here to help uh, facilitate discussions and to role play and give examples. And then uh, over time, Sully, I think uh, we'll be doing some of this in Nashville as well uh, with you, your dad and your team members uh, doing the program there. But we'll probably wait for that in 2023, maybe or maybe 2022. We'll see. Something to look forward to. So that's Nashville that's boot the boot camp. camp. Did I answer that well? I thought that was great. No, that's exciting. I think that's something that, uh, that's a big step because I think one of the challenges we all have is is once we've started to identify our vision and we kind of know where we want to go with it, trying to convey that to our team members. And, and, and ultimately what we found in our practice, and I know yours as well, is that, you know, you obviously want to invest into all your team members, but naturally there are uh, what we call team leads in our practice or, or leaders amongst the team that typically rise up and, and really investing in those people is important just because those are, are typically the people that can then trickle down um, what we're learning and making sure that there's accountability and uh, and keeping things good. So I, I love the way that's set up, and, and I'm excited to see kind of um, how each department kind of works together to to facilitate things and, and have. Because I think that's another challenge we have too is it's easy for offices to get clicky, and, and so I like to see the, the communication between departments improve and, and everybody really working you know, towards the same goal. So I'm excited about it. I'm super excited. I think it's the, uh, I think it's the missing piece in most offices. I think we, we, we believe that we should go learn clinical stuff when we forget to go learn. Like people ask me all the time, how do I learn to get patients to say yes? Where do we learn dental business? That's what the boot camp is. It's a unique combination of the two of them. That's very practical and, and, uh, uh, very implementable and well, very implementable in practices. It's, it's definitely, it definitely takes somebody that is ready to make some changes in their office. Okay. Because it's, it's definitely, I don't want to use the word easy. It's not easy. It's, you got to do it. Okay. You got to make the decision that you're going to change and be ready for it. And 2022 mastermind filling up quick. Oh so yes. Uh, I think we only got two or three spots left for that, which is amazing this far out. So masterminds picking up Very momentum. Not after this weekend. <laughs> Maybe not after this weekend, we'll but yeah. So, everybody, thank you so much, and thank you guys for, uh, I don't know if it's called tuning in, but sitting here and watching. That's been kind of fun. I kind of like... Live... St- oh, my God. Live Coming to you live with the live studio audience, this is Jay Leno. Carol Burnett Show. Dude, you are so old, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> On, On that, that note, note, we're out. <laughs> we're out.
Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode. 